Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited to share a new episode of our podcast with you. Today you're going to hear from Coach Jeff Rayburn. Coach Rayburn is currently the head football coach at Lone Star High School in Frisco, Texas, here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He's married to Candace. They have two kids, an incredible man of God, incredible husband, incredible dad. I cannot wait for you to hear from Coach Rayburn, so let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Jeff. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me. You bet. I always like to start off with some background information, so just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, maybe where you grew up, your family growing up, and a little bit about your family today. Yeah, I grew up in Carrollton, right up the road from here in Frisco, um, You know, about 30 minutes away. Went to Newman Smith High School. Um, had an opportunity to, to play for some great high school coaches who, who really influenced me, Todd Dodge and Clayton George and, and Todd Ford. And, and those guys are still close to me today and a big reason why I coach. Um, grew up as, as, a, you know, as a good athlete but not a great athlete, just somebody <laughs> who was going to work hard and, and have the opportunity um, to, to contribute to their teams. And, and I learned a lot of my values and hard work from my parents. i got two great parents who, who have really been instrumental in, in everything that I've done and, and still to this day is I've been coaching, what is it, 16 years. Um, my folks haven't missed a game. Um, that, wow. inc- that includes when I was coaching ninth grade and JV. Uh, definitely haven't missed a varsity football game. They're there every Friday night cheering us on. Um, but um, more instrumental in my faith as well. My, my mom and dad have been really uh, the ones who have uh, put Christ in my life. You know, my, my grandfather was a Baptist preacher, and so um, that's just that's all we knew. Um, and obviously, that's when you grow up that way. You you, you have those things almost forced upon you, uh, but you but you learn those things at an early age, and, and then obviously as you get older, um, you have the opportunity to, to really develop that relationship. Um, but now I'm, I'm here in Frisco with my wife Candice. Um, she's a, a senior director at Fossil um, for the HR department there, and then um, my kids Campbell and Cade, nine and seven. Um, in elementary school right up the road from here and and they uh they keep us really busy so got a great little family and uh just enjoying life and and trying to find a way to get better every day here at Lone Star that's awesome you mentioned your faith and growing up in that and we'll talk a little bit about faith um in a minute I want to talk more about your your coaching so at what point did you decide to um pursue a career in coaching and then kind of walk through your coaching journey. Sure. I know you've been at Frisco for a number of years, but, you know, what was that? Why did you get into coaching and where all of you coached? You know, when I was graduating high school, I went to the University of Oklahoma, um, and I knew that football and athletics um, was something that I wanted to be a part of my life. And I thought the best way to do that was to be a coach. Uh, I wasn't gifted enough to play at the next level. Um, but my coaches had such an influence on me in high school that, and I saw the relationship I had with them. Um, and I thought that was really cool. And just the way that those guys were around me and, and knowing what I wanted to do and be involved in athletics. Um, went to Oklahoma and, and went to school there, graduated. And I graduated in December, so there's not many coaching jobs available mm-hmm. in December. So I called my old high school coach, Todd Dodge, and asked him if I could be around and, and, and help out. And so he was over at um, Carroll High School over there in South Lake at the time. Um, and several of my coaches were there. My offensive coordinator in high school, Clayton George, was there as his offensive coordinator still. And they let me just come around and be a part of offseason, um, splice some tapes, um, work spring ball and work skills. 
and having that opportunity um, just just kind of enticed my hunger to be a coach and to be a part of, of, of a team and a program. Um, that spring, it just happened to, to be that Clayton George um, got, a, got his first head coaching job at Hillcrest High School. Um, he invited me out there to be a part of his staff and I learned a ton from him, was with him at Hillcrest High School for a couple of years, and, and he got a... Uh, we did a good job there, and he had an opportunity to go to Haltom High School as the head coach. So I followed him over there and, and was an assistant on his staff there. Um, we were there for a year, and, and uh, Coach Dodge actually got the, the head coaching job at North Texas. Mm -hmm. And so Clayton followed him over to North Texas. And so I went back to Hillcrest for a year um, with, with one of our other um, assistant coaches, offensive coordinator, worked with Andy Todd. Um, from there, I went over to Duncanville High School, was there for, for um, a couple of years with Jeff Dykus, learned a ton about running a program and organization and how to run a staff. And so I was really fortunate to have the opportunity there. And then I came over here to Lone Star. And uh, Phil Fuller hired me here, who's, who's again one of my mentors and I owe a lot to for bringing me here to Lone Star. Uh, was the OC for three seasons here at Lone Star and took over as the head coach. And I've uh, been here ever since, so I've been the head coach the last seven years and been fortunate enough to, to be around a lot of great coaches, assistant coaches, and, and guys that have poured into this program to help build this place up to what it is today. You know, I've experienced some success of late. I mean, 2015, played for the state championship. This last year, um, made it to the semifinals, but also um, even knocked off a um, Highland Park twice, which... For those that don't know, Highland Park is a premier football program, and if you are a listener, you've you've heard a number of their their staff on here. So talk about the success and just the culture that you've built here, because obviously there's something within the culture that's bringing the the success. Yeah, you, you just look at the numbers. In the last five years, our record sixty and ten. Wow. Um, won seventy five games in the last seven years. Um, so we've been highly successful, and, and I truly attribute that um, to, to that word culture. Um, mm -hmm. The way that our coaches um, love on our kids and the way our kids buy into our coaches and what they'll do for us and what we'll do for them. Um, when you're willing to, to lay it on the line for each other every single day, um, when you believe in each other, um, when you have those type of things going on, um, it always is going to give you a chance to win on the football field. Um, obviously, a lot of hard work and a mm -hmm. lot of preparation goes into that. Um, I don't attribute it as, as much to X's and O's. While I think our coaches are great X's and O's guys, I think it's more about the relationships they build and how our kids will play hard for our coaches and, and play hard for each other. I, I, I truly believe that, um, that that's the difference maker. Um, our, our coaches understand um, how to bring out the best in our kids and keep expectations high and, and not let up on those. And our kids have really bought into that. And, and what, what's happened here in, in these walls inside our building is these kids have taken ownership of it. And now the older kids are leading the younger kids. And year after year, it's, it's um, just a new group of kids leading um, and taking ownership because having that player-led team really gives you the opportunity to be successful. Absolutely. And what role does your faith play in your coaching? Because obviously being a man of faith, it's got to play a role. And then also in today's culture, um, there can be resistance. Have you experienced any resistance either from parents, kids, administration to coaching with your faith? Yeah, I think it twofold is 
I think whenever you coach for the right reasons, um, when you use this as your mission field, and what we always talk about on our staff is keeping our purpose above our goals. And we talk about our goals as being the trophies and the district championships and the playoff appearances, all those tangible things. Um, and and we, we have our goals and we set, set those and we want to achieve those and work towards those. But we want to keep our purpose first. And, and that's to use this as our mission field and to affect kids' lives in a positive way and give them life skills um, and help them become young men to grow into to great um, husbands and fathers. And if we can do that, um, you know, I, I think we're doing our job the right way. So when you don't have any worries because you know you're doing things the right way, um, you can coach freely, you can, you can coach confidently, mm -hmm. and your kids can play that way too. Um, so, so we don't stress about the wins and the losses. Of course we want to win and, and there, there's those butterflies and things like that. But, but no, I, I think because we do it for the right reasons, um, we don't have um, a whole lot of um, a whole lot of drawbacks into to how we coach. Um, in, in terms of, of you know, resistance from other people, um, there are some. There, there always is. There's always right. going to be naysayers. There's always going to be people that, that don't agree with your beliefs. Um, but, but our whole thought is we're going to be who we are and be who we're called to be. Mm. Um, and if we do that, um, then we're serving our purpose. And, um, you know, we're not going to make everybody happy. Um, that's any decision we make, um, but, but we're going to live, the li live life as, as Christ wants us to and lead in that way. That's awesome. I like that. I like to wrote that down, purpose above the goals. Mm -hmm. It's easy to put the that, goals. That's, right. that's a big part of, of, of how we start um, a lot of our meetings is making sure, because it's, it's easy, and, and I'm just as guilty as anybody else, is you, you want to win, you want to practice, you want to find all these ways um, to get to that next level. Um, but again, you keep your purpose in front of your goals. You're always going to be successful because there's times, and I'm sure there's a lot of coaches out there that have won championships and won a lot of games, and those are their goals, and they're still not happy. They're still not satisfied because they're not doing it the right way for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. I like that, and that's true even outside of athletics as well. I was thinking Absolutely. about that. Yeah. So let me ask you just from an athletic standpoint, I mean, to have all the success, I'm sure you've coached some great guys. So is there an athlete or two, just like I say, pure athletics, that just really jumps out? We've had a ton of, of great kids around here. We've, we have um, kids playing in the SEC and the Pac-12 and the Big 12. We have a, a safety that played for us a few years back that just got done at the NFL Combine that just got done playing for Baylor. Um, but really what stands out to about those kids, every last one of them, um, is the leadership. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I'll tell you a kid that, that really stands out. And, and when I think about great players and difference makers coming out of this program, um, because nobody remembers how many tackles or how many touchdowns. They know they were great players. Um, but the legacy that they leave here and even carries on when they're gone um, is the effect they had on the younger kids. Mm. We've, got, we've got a kid, Nick Bolton, who's a all-SEC linebacker at Missouri as a true sophomore. Um, still has a couple of brothers, cousins playing for us right now. Um, but I've never been around a kid who uh, led in the right way every day 
and, and affected so many young guys because those young guys now he's a sophomore in college right now um, but the senior class that just that's graduating this year he had such an effect on the way he prepared the way he worked the way he interacted with coaches and teammates um, it's unbelievable because because this group of seniors um, really followed him around and learned that and that senior class we had this year has shown these young guys so that cycle of leadership that I was talking about um, he's a big part of that that's awesome what about an athlete um, I mean you don't have to give specific names but that you've seen God just really use you in their life yeah it, not to use specifics like you said but but I, I think it, you know not just me but our staff as a whole um, Again, we, we have so many great relationships on this staff. Um, I think some of the most re- kids need their coaches, regardless of, uh, if you're coming from an affluent community mm-hmm. or you're coming from um, a place that's you know primarily free and reduced lunch. And we've got a great mix of kids here, all different types from socioeconomic backgrounds, all different type of, of, of ethnicities. And so we, we get a chance to interact with a lot of different kids. Um, but I always think um, myself and our coaches a lot of times – when you have a kid that has come from um, uh, come from a tough background um, that, that has never been introduced um, that, to to the Lord that, that never um, has had the opportunity to really hear mm-hmm. um, about the Lord and, and about salvation, um, when you, when you affect those kids that have no knowledge mm. and you see it change and you see it click and then you see those kids grow. Um, you know that, that that's that's part of your calling because as long as we're on this earth, if we can affect one person in that way, uh, I think we're doing a great thing. Absolutely. So how do you, you know, coaching, especially in, in football, is a big demand on time. So how do you balance that with being a husband and a dad? Well, I think that's, that's the right word is balance. Um, and... and I think it really starts with having a great coach's wife. Uh, my wife works full time and, and, and is super busy as well. Uh, but you have to have a great coach's wife, and you have to have a great support system around you. And, and for me, my parents um, are so instrumental um, in being around um, to help with our kids, to help my wife whenever there's busy times here um, at the athletic facility and at practice and in games and things like that. But you have to make time, you have to devote time. Um, and, you know, for us coaches, I think it's, it's hard sometimes because there's always something more to do. So you have to make sure that you're taking your kids to school on certain days, having the opportunity to pick them up, going on, you know, date nights with your wife. Um, and, and for us here, you know, we get done, you know, we're not going to burn the midnight oil. We're going to work until the job gets done. We're not going to sit up here and just be up here to be up here. Um, and I think, you know, with t- technology, it's really helped being able to work from home um, and be able to steal time when your kids are asleep at night or in the morning. Um, you know, something we do here is, you know, on Wednesdays, we get done. It's probably our shortest practice of the week. And we do a walkthrough on Wednesdays versus doing it on Thursdays. Hmm. And, and part of that's about um, about recovery, but it's also about getting our coaches home early. Hmm. And getting our kids home early on a Wednesday, so when we're done at 4:30, you know, in our in our head, our, our football operations manual, it says on Wednesdays you must spend time with your family in big bold letters, because there's JV sub varsity games on Thursday, yeah, games on Friday, Saturday morning you're in here watching film and meeting with kids, so that middle of the week break, 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's always good. And, and for me personally, um, I'm going to alternate weeks um, at the elementary school going to eat with my kids. So one week I'll eat with my daughter, one week I'll eat with my son, just to spend a little bit more time. Um, we, we'll back meetings up a little bit on Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays um, just so our coaches can have the opportunity to take their kids to school. Um, so I think just little things like that. I mean, there are a lot of time demands, uh, but you make it work. And then having a great staff of families who enjoy each other, mm-hmm. um, that have kids around the same age, um, so they can travel together to games, they can go and eat, they love being around each other. So I think that really helps um, during this time. I like that. Um, you're the first one I've talked to, talked about that, that Wednesday night, just like untouchable, if you will. That's good, because you're right. I mean, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, yeah, that's huge. Some people may want to go to church. Some people may want to take their kids to practice. Yeah. People may want to go to dinner with their family, or if they're, or if they're single, take their wife on a, you know, on a, on a date. Yeah, I mean, I huge. think you have that. I think when, when coaches are refreshed and they feel good and their families, because if the families aren't happy, then the coaches aren't going to be happy, and that will wear on you as, as you go along as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah, that's huge. So this is a question related to like kind of coaching philosophy there's been a lot of talk at least in the fall um about the need quote unquote to use profanity i think it came from um last chance you <laughs> the coach was quoted as everybody does it right and then tony dungy a number came out and said no so how do you balance especially as, as, as a believer um the demands of winning and building up players with there is that fine line of coaching them up versus demeaning. I mean, how, what, how do you approach that? Yeah, I, I think if you're coaching for the right reasons and, and, and you have um, just basic morals, right. you're not going to use that type of language. Um, have, have coaches slipped up before and, and used a word here and there? I'm sure. Um, but that's not something that, that our coaches would do is, is speak that way. We're not going to degrade a kid. Um, the, way, the way you coach around here is you build kids up. You get them to believe. And, and one of the things we always tell our coaches is, you know, we want our kids to play for you because you're their coach. Hmm. You're, they, they look at you and say, that's my coach. I'll do anything for him. Not just because he's the coach and he coaches you and, and you're respectful and I'm supposed to do that because they believe in the man and the person and the relationship mm. you have, if they're willing to do that, then you can coach them hard. But you have to love them. You have to love them and develop the relationships, and then you can coach them as hard as you want. And they'll, they'll want it, and they'll want more expectations from you, but you have to build the relationship and show them the love first. Um, but um, I think you know if you're using that type of language, then, uh, then you don't have a very good vocabulary. Um, and there's, there's so many ways to coach a kid, and, and that's, um, especially in today's society and day and age, um, you've got to build kids up mm-hmm. because some of our kids' self-esteem, some of the issues that they have at home, some, some of the things that go on in the school building, they need to be built up. And if they're not, um, then they're going to go the other way real quick. Um, we just got done doing a book study. Hmm. Um, our staff read, um, I like all the John Gordon books. Oh, yeah. So we read The Positive Dog. Yeah. And about two dogs, Matt and Bubba. And, and it's kind of become the running joke around here of who's a Matt and who's a Bubba, how you being today. But that's the way we want to coach our kids. The more positive you are with them, the more positive they'll be with themselves and each other. Yeah, I, I like that. I'm a big John Gordon book fan. I think I, I saw him speak a little over a year ago in person, and then so I've, I've probably read 
eight or ten of yeah, them this we year. had the opportunity he spoke at our leadership summit huh. um last week mm-hmm. so john gordon and damon west who wrote the yeah. coffee bean um had a chance to listen to the, both of those and that was phenomenal that is yeah that's that's two that are just unbelievable mm-hmm. um you talked about the diversity here mm-hmm. so obviously um culture is diverse but it's also somewhat divided without getting into politics sure. but you're divided based on race political religion socioeconomics but sports has a unique way of kind of tearing those walls down so in your career in athletics how have you seen sports tear down those walls yeah i read it somewhere i saw it on social media a long time ago and um where some some coach was speaking upon um you know all the different divide throughout our country throughout this world with all the things you're talking about so do you want to see one place where everybody's always no matter what race no matter what color um, no matter what socioeconomic background you see one place where everybody comes together for a common goal go into a football locker room mm-hmm. because and I say football locker room, not just athletics, um, but football more so because there's so many kids. Uh, we got 200 kids in our program and they're all different, but they're all coming together for the same common goal. They don't care about all those other things. They just care that you're going to be a good teammate, that you're going to be a good coach, that you're going to care about them. That you're going to love them. All those other things don't matter. And so I think you go into a football locker room, you experience that. Same thing you go out there on a Friday night. There's a lot of people um, in the stadium that don't necessarily like each other. But I guarantee you they're high-fiving each other. If, if, if their team scores or their team wins, they're high-fiving. They're hooting and hollering and enjoying themselves. Um, so I, I think, you know, athletics in general, especially football, you go in that locker room and everybody's in it for each other. And that's a really cool, special thing about football and athletics. I agree with that, at least for um, two or three hours. Two or three hours, we can all be on the same team. Everybody's everybody's (laughs) friends for the most part. Um, And to me, um, I talk about this a lot, um, but to me it's a picture of how Christ designed the church big C. Because even inside the church today there's division. Right? Absolutely. Because we've lost focus of the common goal of loving God and loving others. And it's like if we all, even inside the church, focus on the common goal, we tear down those things. So to me, you know, your reference to a football locker room, to me, it's a, it's a picture of how we should all, as believers, function. We're all imperfect. That's right. We're all sinners in our own way. And so as long as we, we, we keep the main thing the main thing that's right you know i think we'll be okay you're right absolutely <laughs> so this this next one question is kind of um some advice for a coach that may be listening or even a student athlete um it's not easy and depending on where they are to even though they have this platform of athletics to be bold with their faith just for various reasons so how would you encourage that coach or student athlete that that wants to be a little more bold with their faith in their coaching or, or playing. You know, uh, I think it's it's the opportunity to change people's lives and knowing um, your true purpose on this earth. Um, and, and I know that's tough to mm-hmm. um, to remember every day. There's so many other pressures. There's so many other things professionally, personally. Um, but the main thing is where are you at spiritually? And are you growing? And are you helping others grow? 
And, and I know for me, um, I pray that every day that I'm being the type of, of man, husband, father, to help my kids and myself grow. Because if I'm doing that for them and doing that for our coaches and doing that for our kids, um, that I'm serving out the purpose that I, w- I was meant to here on earth. That's good. I wrote that down about are you growing and are you helping others grow? Because that's two simple questions I think we probably all should ask every day. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So um, this this question is kind of a fun one for me because I like to go back and reflect on these. So a lot of people have, especially people that have been in the, a believer for a while, have a favorite scripture. Um, so ask if you have one or is there one that maybe God's just really shown you recently in your life that you'd share? You know, it's funny as is, is, is you're coming in today and I was thinking about that a little bit. Um, I've got my Billy Graham daily devotional mm-hmm. here that I just turned the page. And this is one that, that resonates with me and for the coaches, especially what we're talking about here. And it's Revelations 21, 27. I'll just read the first sentence because um, it says, You and I will never be good enough to get into heaven on our own. And I think as coaches, I think as men, I think as humans, we always um, are trying to um, please the earthly, mm-hmm. you know, the earthly things. And the earth, you know, whether it be possessions um, and materials or professionally or personally. Um, and that was just a reminder as I, as I read that this morning. And it just, it just kept sitting with me because, you know, we're, we're called to do one thing on, on this earth. Um, obviously, there's a lot of things that as, as humans that we want to do. But at the end of the day, it's about obtaining salvation and living in eternity forever. Mm. And that's it. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. It's that's it. So all the things we do here, we want to be great people. We want to be great leaders, and we want to affect people on this earth. Um, but at the end of the day, it's about um, living in eternity and helping other people get there. That's that's good. Uh, I ask that question a lot, and obviously, you get various answers. Um, some are very common, but I don't think anybody's ever said Revelation twenty one twenty seven. Well, you know, that, that's probably not, and that wasn't even something that was on my mind, but because I read it this morning, and it was just kind of sitting on my heart, and I just, I think about, and, and you know, you think about your personal experiences, oh, yeah. too, and, and especially in this profession, when, when you're viewed upon as a head coach, and, and people look at your win-loss record, mm-hmm. and things like that, that um, they matter, but they don't really matter. You know, and, and so, um, you know, I look around at people who want to buy the houses, buy the cars, or have mm-hmm. people think that they're a certain status. That's right. Um, and, and at the end of the day, um, none of those things matter. Um, so it's not about um, it's not about anything other than, than pleasing the Lord. You're right. Absolutely. That's that that's a good reminder. I'm going to go back and spend a little time reflecting on, on that one. Cause <laughs> I, like I said, I like to go back and and look these verses up and. You know, some of them are very common. Some I grew up mm-hmm. knowing, but then I always like the the ones that aren't as That's, it's not common. As common. You know, like it's, you're probably and, right. Nobody else is going to use that one. <laughs> um, but that was kind of sitting. This is actually from the other day that I, I kind of I had, but so you know, I turned I, back the page to it, and I, I said, you know, that's that's something that I, I think that we all struggle with is trying to to do the things. Um, and there's no, there's nothing wrong with, with having goals and, and striving to be good at your profession, um, or, or trying to do good deeds. But the things that we do, um, it's not that's not what it's about. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I like that. Um, last question: um, two words in sports you hear a lot about is all in. I mean, it's all over mm. 
T-shirts, wristbands, chin straps, yes, um, all over sports. But it's also, you know, in the New Testament, that's what Jesus calls us if we're going to follow Him, is to be selfless. Um, so this is kind of a practical question for you, uh, Jeff. I mean, what does that look like in your daily walk to be all in for Christ? You know, I, I think we, we use that term too, all in. Mm-hmm. And that, that means being, you know, we talk about being compelled um, to be all in. That means no matter what circumstances, no, no matter what adversity or obstacles are in your way, um, you're, you're going to keep working towards being all in. It's not a um, when it gets difficult or there's some adversity that I, or there's things that, that, um, that I think are a little bit better um, over here when the team's over here. Um, I, I think you have to sometimes go through some difficult things to have the opportunity to be all in. Mm-hmm. And, and there's going to be some things that you're going to have to sacrifice. There's going to be um, some some obstacles that you're going to have to overcome. And so I think whatever whatever those are, you keep working towards your goal. You don't back away. You know, you just continue to, to put your head down and, and go forward. And I think if you can do that um, in, your, in your spiritual life, in your professional life, then you're always going to have a chance to, to continue to grow. That's good. I like that. Compelled to be all in. That's good. Hey, I know we... Um We've played tag on trying trying to make this happen, so I appreciate you setting aside some time to do this. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. You bet. Well, thank you again to Coach Raven for taking time to sit down and share his heart to talk about um, his life as a follower of Jesus, his life of a, as a head football coach. There's so many things um, that I've written down in my notes as takeaways that I really want to share in this recap because it's um, really challenged me and um, sent me asking some questions of my own life as it um, encouraged me just in the moments we had to sit down in his office and, and to record this. And the main thing I, I keep going back to is purpose over goals. That's his coaching philosophy, his leadership philosophy, is that understanding his purpose is coaching. is It's a mission field. It's more than football. It's an opportunity to change lives. It's asking the questions of, are you growing? Am I growing? Are you helping others grow? Am I helping others grow? That's just the questions that you and I, whether you're a coach or not, can be asking ourselves right now, and that's our purpose in life. And it goes back to living a life fully devoted to Jesus is an opportunity to change lives wherever He has you. And, you know, your goals, that's the wins and losses. That's the business deals. That's the, the tangible successes in whatever um, career that you find yourself in. So remember, purpose over goals. Um, talking about a scripture that God had, had shown him recently. He, he went to Revelation twenty one twenty seven and just um, paraphrasing Um, how it spoke to him. It just says a reminder to live a life that glorifies God. It's helping others get to heaven, which goes back to remembering your purpose. It's the opportunity to change lives by pointing others to Jesus. It's focusing on what is important, on what matters, and that is nothing but Jesus Christ. And then um, living a life practically that is all in as a follower of Jesus, it just means that you are compelled, no matter what circumstance, to be all in. Adversity. We all face adversity. But through that adversity is still being compelled 
as a follower of Jesus to never give up, to, to, to stay closer to Jesus than ever. So uh, j- just remember, as we close this thing out, purpose over goals. Just remember that every day. Write that down somewhere on a note card, on your mirror. Um, put it in your car. Put it on, on your phone somewhere. Put it, tape it to your computer monitor, just somewhere where you see it often because that's, a, that's just an incredible reminder. Thank you for listening. Um, I also know there's somebody in your life right now that needs some encouragements. I'd ask you to share this episode with them. If you're not a subscriber to our podcast, whatever podcast platform you're using right now, click the subscribe button because there are over 120 previous episodes I know will encourage you. And there are some incredible ones following this one. So we'd love to have you click that subscribe button. Lastly, we love to hear from you. You can go to our website, which is kind of under construction right now, but it's still up, allinsportsoutreach.org. We're going to have our social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just search All In Sports Outreach. It'll take you to our pages. You can find out who we are, why we do what we do, and um, you can interact with us there. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your prayers.